This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, and more. Follow Elliot in the Morning everywhere social at EITM Online. Mr. Brad Meltzer. Brad! Hey, my brother. How you doing? I am doing well. I guess more importantly, I should ask, how are you doing? I, I am your, you know, that guy who they put in the pouring rain and you're like, how'd that sucker get that job? I'm that guy to you right now. I'm in Florida in the middle of the hurricane, but no, I'll risk my life to speak to you. No, it's not. It's fine here. It's totally, we're, we're actually on the, we're on the East coast of Florida. The hurricane's hitting the West coast. So all it means is that everyone in from Miami to Boca, every Jew in Miami is complaining right now. <laughs> so it's a normal day. It's a normal day. So it's called Wednesday. That's what we call it. <laughs> no, because I was watching on the news yesterday, and yes, I know that you're on you're further south and that you were on the the east side. But they were showing like even Key West yesterday. Well, I'm looking at pictures of Key West right now, yeah. um, where like people are out there like going crazy and surfing. I was looking to see if you were out there. But I didn't know, like, if you guys were, like, getting any part of the storm at all or if everything's pretty calm. No, we get you – know, what happens is, is, like, again, it, you, you know, they're going to get slammed on the West Coast. They're sure. going to get – I mean, they really will be. What we get is we get, like, these bands that come through. And, and what's wild is your dog can tell what's going on. Like, you literally watch your dog and you, you can tell when the band hits. And it just, it's, just, it's just a rainy day. It's really, you know, thankfully we, we're on this side of it. Um, and then all of a sudden in the middle of dinner yesterday, everyone's phone has like one of those, it sounds like an Amber alert was basically a tornado warning. And we don't have tornadoes in Florida. Like we have every other form of crazy that you can think of, but, and uh, tornadoes were like coming through they wound up being fine. But other than like the warning that came out, I think just to make sure everyone was safe, it's, it's been relatively easy. They canceled school. So my kids were thrilled and. Other than that, here we are. Wait, so they canceled schools in Miami? They did. Just because, you know why? Because when it's raining and when it when it really rains, when that band hits, it rains really hard, and so it's just bad to travel. I got. It's you. not like it's not like you can't. You know, you can go outside, whatever. But it just makes the road. You're guaranteeing accidents, and and so you don't want to put all these kids on the road. So I, I actually, it was the smart move. But my kids were like, you know, again, it's like a snow day. They're so happy, and every parent's like, you know whatever now you gotta you have your kid home but i think we're good at that at this point hey the uh and then the other thing i should ask how was uh brad Meltzer's uh russia shana uh it was pretty um, let me think what the, the highlight was the highlight i think was um it was the desserts this year oh. uh, we almost had like three diabetic comas like it was like <laughs> the family was like you know what 
forget the food. Let's just focus on dessert. And I'll just say, I, I, I was pretty stunned. Like usually we're like a, you know, we have like a, we're a secret recipe family. So there's like secret recipe, mandel bread, secret recipe, chocolate chip cookies, secret recipe, everything. This was like, oh yeah, watch this. And every single person brought dessert. So we were very happy. Good so for you. Happy Good for you. All right. Let me, uh, let me switch gears. Let me get into some literary stuff if you don't mind. Um, so we were, we were used to ordinary people change the world, right? Where you would take very famous historical or, or not even historical, but very famous figures. And you, uh, created an entire kid's library out of them. And it wasn't because they were famous. It was their characteristics. It was their qualities. It's how their upbringing was that ultimately turned them into who they are. And that, but oh, and besides the fact they went on to become famous and people know who they are. That's all fine. That's great. I understand that. What was the reason? So now we get I am Superman and I am Batman. Other than the fact that you're a giant com, uh, comics nerd, what was the what was the reason for the switch? You know, I mean, and it's, I, listen, I, I could easily just say, well, I just wanted to do Superman and Batman, right? But it wasn't. It, it, the reality was is we kept looking and saying, we always have this time where we're like, okay, who's the next hero? So you do Abraham Lincoln, you do George Washington, you do Rosa Parks, you do Dr. King, you get all these great heroes. But we also realized that it's not just real heroes that inspired us for our kids, but we, there were these fictional heroes. Like, you know, Superman and Batman, I love his characters, but they also taught me my values when I was younger. Superman taught me, you know, that you can, that your greatest superpower you can have is kindness. And I was like, wait a minute, why don't we take the stories of Superman and Batman and instead of doing ordinary people change the world, let's make a new kind of version of what we'll do called stories change the world. And we'll show you the fictional characters that can also give you the values you want for your kids. And I have to tell you, I, I, I was like, it was an experiment. I didn't know if it was going to work, if it wasn't. When my wife read, and she's not impressed with me anymore. She's like, you talking to your imaginary friends nonsense. She's seen me do it for 25 years. But <laughs> when she read I Am Superman, I'm not joking. She burst into tears. I watched it. I literally have video of it. Like, she was, because the story is so beautiful. Like, this, this, you know, kid comes from Krypton, lands uh, in Kansas to these two parents. And it's these two parents who teach him that basically you should be kind to each other. You should be nice to each other, that you, that your greatest thing, strength you have is in your heart. And it's my core belief. It's what I believe more than anything. The most important part of the story is not Superman. The most important part of the story is Clark Kent, right? Because we're all Clark Kent and we all know what it's like to be born in ordinary and wish we could do something beyond ourselves. And, and I love that, that I am Superman as a book teaches your kid that and then, and then shows them in the last pages how Superman was created. So you just can really truly unlock the power of imagination and show your kids that it was, you know, these two teenagers that came up with the idea of Superman. So, you know, the part that's weird, like I'm clear, I'm glad to hear that your wife loved it. Right. Um, and I know I was never a big comic book guy. Uh, growing up, I was never a big Superman, Batman guy growing up. Like, I think I watched like the um, like, what was the what was the cartoon that I would see occasionally where like the, the one- Super Friends, you watch the Super Friends, Super Friends. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would see that from time to time. Um, and then I like I never even got into Superman, like the movies. I do like the Batman movies. Like, that's kind of where I got into like the Batman stuff. So like and I, I hate to say this because I feel stupid saying it. 
But like when you talk about like how he left, like his parents like bundled him up and had him leave Krypton, and then he crashes in that field in Kansas, and the the uh, the, the 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 family comes and gets him. I didn't know any of that crap. I had no idea. I wanted to ask you, like, is that accurate to the telling of Superman? <laughs> yeah, no, I, this is my, it is. That is the version of Superman that, that really, that I read when I was a little kid. And it listen, it's the Moses story. It's all biblical, right? It's like they put him in the basket and send him down the river. That's the story of Superman. It's why it resonates because it's this, it's this ultimate classic archetype and not to get too artsy about it, but that's why it hits us to our core. And, and to me, that's the real story. But again, what, what I love, one of my favorite moments in the book is, you know, eventually his, his father dies and his mom, he says, I can't do it. Oh, my God. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> right? It's okay. People spoiler. know if you watch the, but, but and, and he says, he says, I don't know if I can go on. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. It's Superman. Literally say, I'm not strong enough. And his mother says, you're stronger than you think you are. I want my daughter to have that lesson. I want my sons to have that lesson. I want them to know that even Superman, with all the powers and all the strength, has moments where he doubts himself. And it's this love from his parents that basically says, you can do this. And then he goes to Metropolis and, you know, they see him for the first time and some you know, kid says, nice costume. And he says, yeah, my mom made it for me. Right. And I love that. I love that moment. And I took that from one of my favorite comic books. So what I did is I, I read I spent the last 40 some plus years of my life reading every Superman comic book and then pulling out the single best parts and giving you the ultimate origin story so you can share it with your kids and show them and introduce them to Superman and Batman. Like, I have a love for them. This is how you introduce your, your own kids to it. So is it is it very well known that before he's Superman, like when he's just a kid? So is it, is it well known or is this like the Brad Meltzer version of it? Was he like really good at youth football? So it depends what version you read, but like that scene that I did with the football, it's, by the way, it's my favorite line in the whole book. This whole book oh, I wrote to my wait, son. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. I wrote it down. It isn't showing off when somebody's doing the things he's capable of doing. And it's a line that comes after that. It's his response. That's exactly right. Oh, I cut and the that line off. That comes I, after I didn't, write, I didn't says, write down the part after that, Brad. I <laughs> no, did not no, write that down. But that's the beginning of the set. That's the, oh. the line. And then he says, he says, I know you can do all these amazing things. You know, he, so he wins a football because he's Clark, because he's Superman. So he can, of course, crush a football. And the single best line, this one I took from the Superman movie. It's the best line from the movie, but I put it in the book. And he says, you know, but I do know, son, you know, that you can do all these amazing things, but you are here for a reason. And it's not to score touchdowns. And I always say to my son, since he's little, who loves sports, my kid loves sports like nobody's business. I always tell him all the time, you are here for a reason, but it's not to score touchdowns. And he knows that that's our code for you're here to help people and do other good things in your life. It's not just about getting points on a scoreboard. My kid's always like, no, dad, I'm here to score touchdowns. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I would say that to my kid. They'd be like, no, I'm really the only reason I was born was to put a puck in the net. That's it. (laughs) No, no. Yours is, yeah, no, yours is hockey. This is touchdown. Same thing. But, but I love that moment because again, it's, it's that great, you know, Superman is Superman, not because of the powers. He's Superman because he met these two parents that just showered him with love. Right. Like my parents were bananas crazy. They were like my, you know, my dad would get so angry, he'd throw over a pool table. Like he was, you know, they were like lunatics, like party all night at Studio 54. But the one thing that they didn't mess up with my sister and I is they just 
loved us like nobody's business. They could screw up everything else. They were bad with money. They couldn't control anything else in their lives. They would lose their, my dad would lose his job over and over, but he loved us so hard. And that love that a parent has for their child is a friggin' superpower. That's what makes Superman. And I didn't make that up. That's made up by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And, and I love the fact that we get to show your kids that Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster in Cleveland, Ohio, were 16 years old, 17 years old when they created Superman, right? Just think about that a moment. Like, think of the nerdiest guys around two 17-year-old kids created Superman and gave the world something to believe in. I, I need my kids to have that lesson, too. Hey, Brad, remind me, and like, we, we've known that, you know, oh, Brad Meltzer's a nerd. Like, we've known that forever, and that you wrote comic books. Like, you did all of that stuff. But what is what was the story of you going to the house and getting to see like the house where it started? And wasn't there something crazy with like seeing behind like the wallpaper? Or am I making that up? No, you remember you have a good memory. Um, so what the reason? Uh, listen, yes, I'm definitely a nerd for this stuff. But I, I was researching a book about the creation of Superman, and I went to Cleveland, Ohio, where Jerry Siegel lived to his house, and I wanted to see it because you know the garage where Hewlett Packard and and Google are founded. Those are all preserved. They're museums now. I go to the house where Superman's created. It was wrecked, like devastated. There were holes in the walls, holes in the ceilings. I went to the owners who lived there in the middle of this really inner city neighborhood. And she said to me, at the, I'll never forget this, this you know, wonderful woman there said, you know, the city of Cleveland won't even give us a plaque to say that Superman was created here. Not even a plaque. And I looked at her right now. I didn't even know what to say. I, I said, I'm going to get you your plaque. And I, it was just like the macho thing to say at the time, but I was like, because I didn't know what to say. But I, yes, we got her her plaque, but we wound up going and raising money to preserve the house. And so we were trying to raise $50,000. I called up all the you know, amazing artists who have drawn on Superman over the years. We had an auction. We raised $100,000 that to this day is still preserving that house. If you go there now in Cleveland, we repainted it. We closed up the roof. We closed up the walls. And, um, and Superman's creators used to draw, they had, they were so poor, they used to draw on the back of wallpaper. Right. And so you're remembering from the book, I made it a part of the plot of the book when you see the wallpaper peel away, but they literally used to draw the first versions of Superman on the back of peeling wallpaper, these you know, butcher's paper that you'd wrap meat in. And I love the fact that you, I, I took my kid, this is, I don't know, I've never told you the story. I took my kid to Cleveland a couple of years ago to watch a, 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 a game and I was like, I got to take you to the house. So we go to the house. We're in the middle of this, you know, neighborhood. I remember when we were there, it was like, a, you know, it's a completely right now black neighborhood. I'm obviously like white guy. And we're sitting on the stoop waiting for the waiting for the beltering. And this guy comes by and he's like, he's like, hey, man, is this he's like he stops on his bike. He says, looks at us like completely like we're in the wrong place. Like, is this the house where Superman was created? I'm like, yep. And, and he all of a sudden rolls up his arm. He rolls up his arm and we think he's going to like shoot us or kill us or whatever. And he rolls up his sleeve and he's got a giant Superman tattoo on his <laughs> bicep. Dude, and that's like, awesome. Dude, welcome home, baby. Welcome <laughs> home. And so we go there and we go inside. I take my son there. That was before I take my son there on this other trip. And I go inside and not only do they have all these Superman comics there, but to thank me for what I did, all my books are now on display in the house. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that the family there had been so thankful that they had like, put a whole like display of our books. And it was one of the most rewarding things as a dad 
to like walk in there with your kid just to try and do something nice. And so obviously I have a huge soft spot for Cleveland. Dude, for that. that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that part of the story. That's great. So Brad, let me ask, let, yeah. let, let me tell you this. So yes, the, 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 I am Superman book was great. Like I said, I wasn't a Superman guy. Like I didn't know any of that. And I hope this isn't offensive, but I liked, I am Batman so much more than I am Superman. I thought, I, I thought I am Batman was, was so much better. Well, because Batman's such a badass. Right. He's a killer. Exactly. Right? I mean, the the best part of doing it, listen, I, I've dressed, and, you know, to reveal myself, like, not that this is a shocker to you, but I dressed as Batman every year for Halloween from when I was six until I was 36, right? <laughs> I mean, that's who I, I, I have pictures every year for Halloween. I, everyone wanted a new costume. I was like, give me my <laughs> Batman costume. Give me my cape. Put it on. Like, that was all I wanted to be. The, the best part of doing I Am Batman is that how does Batman become Batman? His parents are brutally murdered in front of him. Oh, my God. Right? Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> right. Is that is People that know that one? Right. Is that is that historically factual? No, like I know, like, yes, no, no, with Batman. Yes. No, no, no. The no only but is person that, on the planet. No, well, number one. Thank you. No, but like, is that Brad Meltzer's version of it? Or is that like everybody knows that that's what happened? No, there's there's things that have ne- the only thing that never changed in comics. You can change everything. Superman comes from Krypton, found by a lovely couple. Batman's parents brutally murdered in the alley. Okay, the girls go everywhere. Okay, well I don't like, know that. Everyone Brad, knows that except Brad. You. May hang up. Wait, no, you knew that. <laughs> everyone knows that. I didn't know that. How would I know that? Everyone except one person. Wait, is it in the movies? That. It's been portrayed, yeah. I must not have seen that movie. <laughs> I did I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't So you didn't see all the movies. It's in every <laughs> I knows. I mean every single movie. It's like every movie it's basically being like, you know, like you sure the Beatles are those four guys? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I didn't know. I didn't know. But now I know. Now but I know. I think that's why we wrote the book, because your kids don't know. They don't know. You're not gonna show them this horrifying thing. But I bet my kids do know. Story. I'm the only idiot that doesn't know. My kids probably know. <laughs> they know, I guarantee you. But here's the funniest part is so now but we're writing a book. This is for little kids, right? You're supposed to, this is like for four years old to like, you know, 12 years old. It's like a little kid's book. And I'm like, yeah, we can't really show the murder, but we got to take a shot at it. Let's just see how it looks. So I tell Chris Eliopoulos, our incredible artist who draws all the ordinary people change the world books. You know, he's drawn like, you know, and he's drawn some amazing, you know, he's, he's drawn Harriet Tubman in slavery and Frank in the Holocaust. When we did that one, I'm like, just take a shot at it. Let's see the kid's version of it. And let's see how it looks. And he sends me these are pages that are not in the book anymore but i have a copy of them and it is so brutal he's literally it's, it's his parents being gunned down in front of him like in cartoon form it's the, i'm like we are going to scar kids forever they're they're literally going to burn their eyes out of their head no one's going to sleep i'm like yeah maybe we should change this version a little bit. And so we wound up doing it, of course, off panel. So you see that you see them go in the alley and then you see him like down on his knees and, you know, with like a street light above him. So you understand his parents are gone. But I was like, maybe we shouldn't do the, the graphic murder of his parents in the children's book. Maybe we should edit that part out. Now I did oh, write so down, good. I did write down the, the best line in the, in the, in the Batman book. Yep. Everyone is scared sometimes. We all feel pain. We all have moments when we get knocked down. Blah, 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 blah. You don't have to fight. No. Well, I don't want to read the whole thing, but you don't have to fight alone. I thought that was awesome. 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, that, listen, that's the point of Batman. Is Batman tries to be this like I'm all by myself. I'm on a one man war on crime, but he's got Alfred and he's got Commissioner Gordon and he's got Robin and he's got all these people and and that's what he's what Batman's trying to do is he's forever the little boy who lost his parents and he knows he he's on a one man mission to stop crime. He's he's gonna lose every day. Tomorrow there's gonna be more crime. And he's going to try and stop that. And the next day, there's going to be more. And every day, he's going to fail. Every single day, he will fail, but he will never stop fighting. And I want my daughter to have that kind of determination. I want my sons to have that kind of determination. And what I love about Batman is he's going to, he's going to lose every single time, but he's never going to stop. And, and, and he doesn't have to fight alone, right? Like That's the lesson he finally learns over time is you don't have to do this stuff alone. And, and as his Dad says to him, you know, you can get knocked down, but man, get back up again. That's the ultimate Batman story to me. Hey, you mentioned Chris and drawing the horrific murder scene of Batman's <laughs> parents. <laughs> Was I mean, he- not, it's not, it is truly horrific. It's like, it'll scar. I'm scarred. I saw it and I only have one copy. And I'm scarred. I still can't shake it. <laughs> but was he like? And like you said, he he's drawn for 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 the books, the uh, the whole series. But like, is there a part of him that got like? I don't know. If, is he as comic book nerdy as you? Where he's like, oh my god, I'm drawn Batman and Superman. Or was that really just you? No one that works on these characters. If you're working on these characters, by definition, you're a nerdy guy, right? Like right. you just are. Like, but he and I, I mean, he and I are truly battle for first place. He bought me the comic book spinner rack that's in my office. He bought for me because he had one and I liked his, like that's how, so I don't know how to say we're geekier than anybody else, but pretty much that might be the best one. Like I was like, Ooh, sweet spinner rack. He's like, Oh man, I'll get you one. You know, like it's just like, so yes, we both have matching spinner racks, but you know, the thing was, is when he's doing it, like, you know, again, you can do all these amazing things like Abraham Lincoln or Rosa Parks, but there's something in your, your inner eight year old is activated when you're writing Batman and Superman. Like I love my job, but when I get to write B A T M A N and I get to put words in Batman's mouth, that's just like, it's crazy. And I don't care what anybody says. I've done multiple Superman stories, multiple Batman stories. You will, I never get used to it. I never want to get used to it. And, and because it's just, I know we're all supposed to say, you know, who inspired us when we were little and we're supposed to say, you know, if, you know, these amazing real life heroes, but my first morality tales and most people's first morality tales, they're not even the Bible or like, you know, some, you know, uh, to kill a mockingbird. It, it's comic books, right? It's superheroes. And we see it right now, you know, superheroes are such a big thing for a reason. And if you, if you historically look at it, if you look in, uh, just to go really geeky for a moment, if you go back to world war two, be world war two, the heroes that were popular were Tarzan and flash Gordon. They were characters designed to transport you elsewhere during the great depression because it was depressing. No one wanted to be here. So you go to the 25th century, you go, there was escapism. You go to the jungles of Tarzan. And then as world war two starts encroaching on our shores, America's scared. And we want someone to come save us, right? The Nazis are, the, are rising to power. And these two 17-year-old boys create the character Superman. And it sells a million copies in its first issue, and no one understands why. And it's because we're scared. We want someone to come save us. And if you look after 9-11 happened, I was living in D.C. at the time. You know how we all felt there. America was scared again. And 
what were the first movies that broke through the public consciousness? It was Spider-Man. Right. It was the X-Men. And we were a country. And, and right now, the reason why superhero movies are so big, this is my theory, for the past 20 years now, is because we as a culture are still terrified and want someone to come save us. And that's why superheroes are big. Not just because like, we like to see people punching. We can watch Westerns for that. We can watch, well, why superheroes? And it's because we know that in a time when we're so messed up as a culture, that there's a group that can actually do right and do good and teach you the right morality lessons. That's why superheroes are working. It's why even the crappiest superhero movie makes $200 million because we're just starving for heroes right now. And so I, I tried to channel that and say, you know what, then give your kids the best of it and teach them the best morality tales. Give them I am Superman, give them I am Batman and, and let them, you know, have an introduction to this universe that, that can really unlock something special. So does that mean that there's going to be a library of Brad Meltzer's stories change the world? Like are more, are more superheroes coming? So uh, Wonder Woman, we're finishing Wonder Woman right now, which I will tell you, my wife, the only time she ever got in trouble, ever, I'm talking about ever, is in kindergarten. She was spinning around in kindergarten like Linda Carter, pretending to be Wonder Woman, and the teacher gave her a, a demerit and put it on the board, a sad face. <laughs> um, so I had to do Wonder Woman for my wife. Like, truly, that's by the way, that's, that's the equivalent for her of the parents being brutally murdered. It's a sad face on the chalkboard. That's her origin moment is like, no, on that day, I swear by all that is holy, I will never get in trouble again. Um, um, but now so she loves Wonder Woman and my daughter loves Wonder Woman. So I'm doing Wonder Woman. But yeah, the goal is to try and find great heroes. Right. That unlock imagination. And then, yes, we're, we're obviously we're doing John Lewis. We're doing Temple Grand and we're doing, you know, our first autistic hero. We're doing the amazing ones that, of course, the ordinary people continue. Hey, which um, I, I saw that you were doing a vote online who um, like looking at was it going to be Simone Biles or Jesse Owens? You know what? I want to know what people think. So it was actually pretty close to my surprise. Um, women preferred Simone Biles, but by a little bit, by just like a couple percentage points. Um, but the reason that Jesse Owens won when we asked people to vote on our, on our social media is because men just preferred her Jesse Owens so much. And, and I get why, I mean, he like literally took on Nazis and it's such a good story. So for right now, it looks like Jesse Owens is going to be the winner. Um, but yeah, if you, if you have an opinion, please come vote in our polls. And did you have an opinion on that? Um, you know what? I went Jesse Owens only because I don't feel like I know that much about. I mean, you know, kind of the highlights of Jesse Owens. And listen, I'm not claiming to know everything about Simone Biles at all. Um, but I, I like I mean, listen, I just learned uh, yesterday when I read the books that Batman's parents were killed. So like, <laughs> oh for, my God. For, please, for me, it would be a chance to learn a lot more about Jesse Owens, who I really kind of only know the highlights of. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know. I don't know. The yeah, upbringing no, no, no. And it's a great. Right. I'm with you. And, and listen, you you see him literally take on the Nazis. It's just, you know, especially right now, like it's a good lesson. We need that. Le Sadly, it's become like one that's come back again and we need to, you know, I can't believe we're saying it in this day and age, but we always look at what the world needs. I mean, and, and we treat it that way. Like we're, we're doing, I am Temple Grandin because I had so many kids and parents writing to me and saying, can you do an autistic hero? Right. And I was like, I hear you. I got you. Like, that's it. We're doing, we had, I had, you know, all, the number one request we had for, for two of the books was uh, Hispanic kids saying, can you do Frida Kahlo? And Asian kids write them in saying, can you do an Asian hero? Like we hear you, like we listen to people out there because we know that every hero for someone is the most important hero and their favorite hero. 
And, um, and we want to make sure that we're covering all those bases. So, you know, when I look at what the world needs, you know, it's sad, but like, as we're once again, dealing with Nazis and rise of authoritarian powers, man, that Jesse Owens story becomes more powerful to me. Hey, Brad, where are we in a new Brad Meltzer novel? Uh, I'm working on it. I'm, I, I mean, listen, it, it's so funny because you and I will always wind up speaking and texting this, but it just takes me like a year and a half to two years to do it. So I'm knee deep in the new Ziganola. And I should say that um, the lightning rod is out in paperback. Also yesterday it came out. So I was someone, when I lived in DC, I could only afford, I remember I used to go to crown books and DuPont circle had the cheapest books of anybody. Uh, I can only afford to buy books in paperback. And so when paperbacks come out, I love that. So paperbacks out for that. And I'm just working on the new one now. So Ziganola are coming back. And then uh, last thing, uh, which was the better trip, Switzerland or Ann Arbor? Oh, my gosh. So can I just tell you, like, never did I think so many Jews would hike. Um, (laughs) I mean, I feel like my next book can be like, Jews like to sit. You know, like, so a buddy of mine celebrated his 50th birthday and said, get yourself to Switzerland and I'm paying for everything. And so he's like, took care of, of, of the hotels and the food. And, the, and so we, uh, 17 of us went to Switzerland. Your friend paid for fit. 17 people to go to Switzerland? 17 people. It was the one guy. You know, everyone has a buddy who made the money. Like, he was like, we all got screwed. We all lost our birthday. I'm going to make it up for all of us. And I, we were just like, you don't have to do that. And he was like, no, I'm doing it. And he did it. And, and obviously, you know, it was all of us went to Switzerland. Do I know who not, the friend is? Do I know who the friend is? Is no, it like Stephen King? I'll, t- I'll text you who he is. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, no. But he, <laughs> I would love that. Um, so, but he, um, he, the best part was, is one on one of the days as we get there and, uh, you know, that we hiked, it was a nine hour hike was the biggest hike. The first four hours were uphill and we're like, oh my gosh. And I'm like beyond my, you know, I've been training for months for this thing. And we get in the, the cell phone service goes out somewhere in there. You wind up nine hours later in the middle of nowhere, nowhere. And they, the only entertainment at dinner is they have a woman who comes out with one of those like kind of musical churning boxes where you churn the thing on the side and like, you know, they play music. Right. And she starts playing it. And, and half the room is, is us. We're like, and it's a tiny little in the middle of nowhere place. It's like almost like a, the dormitory, not a fancy hotel at all. And there's half the room can speak English. The other half is all European doesn't speak a word of English. And she's playing some Swiss song and we kind of roll our eyes and we're like, Oh, this is like what you do for tourists, you know? And then she puts in the next like little card that plays on the little turning box and she puts in the Beatles and, and we're all singing yesterday and everyone's of course belting the words out. And then she puts in hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. And what she has no idea of, and she couldn't possibly know is one of our buddies on the trip is an acapella singer has like an opera level voice and he gets up there and starts belting out hallelujah. And now everyone is just stunned and he's just killing it. And it's like, it's like we're going to church, you know, it's just one of those emotional (laughs) moments. I got to get the video. I know someone took video, but I still haven't grabbed it. And it just wound up being, you can't recreate a moment like that. And it was just magic. And, and I, I never thought in a million years, that walking that much would bring me that much happiness, but it wound up just being this perfect, you know, cause I'm like, and the best part was they said to me, you got to train Meltzer train. And I'm like, train where in Florida? I'm like the speed bumps are the highest thing here. Where am I training? 
So I'm just like, I kept saying, I'm like, there better be a thing where if I raise my hand, like a cheese truck comes up and saves me. And like, but there was no cheese truck. There was nothing. There was like my buddy singing, but it wound up being enough. So it was good. Good for you. All right. Brad Meltzer's I Am Superman, I Am Batman. Stories change the world. Those are both out and available now. Like you mentioned, the lightning rod is out in paperback as of yesterday. Brad Meltzer, it's good to talk to you, my friend. I love you, Mish. I cannot. I'm going to literally take the whole day and, and can't believe you didn't know Batman's parents died. <laughs> the, well, you know what? But feel good. You educated somebody today. An idiot, but you educated you somebody. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 